Hey, good morning, Coastal Church. Pastor Sean here. I want to wish you a happy new year, happy 2024, and uh, so excited you are attending this Sunday morning. I want to introduce our series called Anchors. And, you know, I'm anticipating, and as I'm sure many of you are, uh, 2024 to be a turbulent year, a presidential election. We still have a couple wars going on around the globe, and that can be unsettling. But as a Christian, we have much to be settled on. And so this series, I want to focus on really three things. One, I want to encourage us to be eternally minded, that our anchors rest in the gospel, which rests in eternity. Number two, out of Ezekiel 37, I want us to be anchored in the word of God. God's word will give you life and hope and joy. And then finally, I want us to be anchored in the church. I want us to see the local church as the bride of Christ. I mean, think about the beauty of the bride of Christ. And I really believe in 2024, if we anchor on these three things, God will give us strength, hope, and joy as we journey through this year. Happy New Year, and welcome to the new series, Anchors. again church and happy new year and again I'm Andrew the lead pastor here at Coastal Church in Chesapeake and unfortunately I need to start out this brand new year with some very discouraging news now it may not be discouraging for you but it is very discouraging for me right before Christmas I went to the eye doctor and had my eye exam and the doctor after completing my eye exam used a dreaded word in regards to my vision. He used a B word. He said, based on your age, I'm going to recommend that you get, I don't know if I can even say it. He said, based on your age, you're going to need bifocals. Now, I know some of you, welcome, wow. <laughs> I didn't know it was part of the club. You guys make me feel a little bit better. Apparently, the older you get, the more things continue to change. And apparently, once you cross over the age of 40, I know some of you guys probably got there earlier, but apparently, once you cross over the age of 40, like, you need bifocals. Your vision is changing, and it is declining. <laughs> and have you ever noticed that the older you get, the more keeps changing either in you or even around you. Look, we age, we change. And as we age, like things will either decline or improve depending on your age and stage, depending on your perspective, depending on what that actual thing is. Look, this state of flux in our world can bring some blessings and it can bring some burdens, again, depending on your perspective. And sometimes that change that happens, either in us or around us, man, it can reveal what our hearts are actually anchored in. Look, we are changing, either improving or declining, walking in a blessing or sometimes carrying a burden. But with this constant change, either in us, around us, we need something better yet, someone that never changes. Man, the Bible tells us that God is that constant. Man, look what the Bible says about this constant God who never, ever changes. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, that Corey shared with you last week, look, that we just sang about, the Lord says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. 
In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 8 through 9, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And church, because of that constant, because of that person that never changes, look at the result. He says, do not be led away then by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. And in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 through 20, look, the Bible says in the same way God, desiring even more to show to their to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both secure and steadfast. And one enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever. Look, there is always hope because God never changes. Because he never changes, we are not consumed. Because he never changes, we have an anchor for our soul. Look, today we start this brand new series called Anchors. I want to ask you a simple question as we begin this series. Where is your heart anchored? Look, I know many of you have either served in the Navy or currently serving in the Navy. And I just want to tell you, look, again, we are so grateful for those of you who have served, whether it's in the Navy or any of our military forces. Man, we are so grateful for you. In fact, I still believe this is the greatest nation on earth to live in because of those of you who have served in our military. And I know that many of you have either served in the Navy or are serving in the Navy. Many of you have either worked in the shipyard or are working in the shipyard. And this whole idea of an anchor, the actual concept of an anchor is not foreign to you. In fact, many of you have probably seen anchors like this just um, lying around somewhere. I've never seen um, one like that, but um, I found a picture and wanted to share with you so I can feel like I'm part of your world. But I know most of you, like the whole idea of an anchor, like it's not a foreign concept to you. But for the rest of us, man, an anchor is designed to bring stability and security. An anchor is meant to be strong, that it will not bend or break. Man, an anchor is designed that when a storm comes, it won't slip or drag. In fact, an anchor holds secure. Man, this anchor for our souls in Jesus Christ, church, it does not slip It does not drag. It does not bend. It does not break. This anchor in Jesus, it holds secure in every single season. Look, as we start of 2024, where is your heart anchored? Is it anchored in this God, this Savior that does not change? In fact, I'm about to tell you something that is so very profound, okay? When I'm about to tell you something that's so profound, you're going to be like, man, I understand and I know now that Pastor Andrew went to graduate school, has a seminary degree. When I'm about to tell you something, you're going to think, man, why isn't this guy like running this whole country? Because what I'm about to say is so profound, so intelligent, you're going to think I'm literally my own chat GPT or AI, okay? Are you ready for it? In 2024, you are going to experience change. Pretty profound, right? Right? Look, you are going to experience change this year. And that change may come in the form of a great blessing. Or it may come in the form of a great burden. 
Well, no matter what change you experience this year, whether it's a great blessing or a great burden, I want you to remember that you have a choice. No matter what it is that comes across your way, because we're anchored in the gospel, because we're anchored in the God who never changes, you always have a choice. In fact, do this for me, okay? I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to simply just wish them Happy New Year, okay? Tell them Happy New Year. Now turn to the neighbor who is your second choice and tell him, look, you have a choice, okay? Now slap him a little bit, okay? It's a brand new year. You wake people up. Tell them you have a choice. Look, church, you have a choice as to where your heart is going to be anchored in 2024. And in fact, today in this very first passage we're going to be in, I want to show you four choices that you can make when it comes to anchoring your heart in this year. In fact, in your Bible, going to turn to John chapter 13. As we start off this brand new series, we're going to be looking at Jesus actually speaking to his disciples right before he's getting ready to go to the cross. Look at this point in the story. Judas has already left. But a big change is about to happen to Jesus' disciples. To the remaining 11 disciples, he turns to them. And as their master and their Lord and their friend is getting ready to die, they don't fully understand what's happening. They don't fully understand what's happening, but Jesus turns to them and he gives what's called his farewell discourse or his farewell sermon. In fact, if you have either a digital or an analog Bible, you'll probably notice like here in John chapter 13, all the way through John 17, if you have one of those Bibles where it highlights the words of Jesus in red, you'll probably notice all of this is red. From this point, pretty much all the way through John chapter 17. In fact, what we're about to read is part of the, part of the longest recorded sermon that Jesus gave. As he's pouring out wisdom and teaching and direction on his disciples. See, their world is getting ready to be turned upside down. They're getting ready to experience some heartbreak, and Jesus gives them some incredible words, an incredible anchor to cling to that will not bend and will not break, no matter how much trouble they would actually face. So with that in mind, let's go and read John chapter 13, starting in verse 31. And if you're ready to get into the word of God today, would you shout amen where you are today? John chapter 13, starting in verse 31. When he had gone out, meaning when, when Judas had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Now, pause right there for a moment. Look, if you're looking for purpose in 2024, if you're looking for a direction that your life needs to go in 2024, it's right here in John chapter 13, verse 31. Look, the Westminster Catechism says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So if you're looking for purpose alone in this year, one question that you can ask is, look, is what I'm doing bringing glory to God? That is the chief purpose of every single life here on earth, that we would actually glorify God and we would actually enjoy him forever. So even right the gates, Jesus points, look, this is all about glorifying him. This life is all about glorifying him. So in 2024 is what you're doing, bringing glory to God. In verse 33, Jesus says, little children, 
Yet a little while, I am with you. He says, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And in verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him. He said, he repeats himself. He says, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you? Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. And he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered him and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Look, church, in 2024, you have a choice. And I want to show, show you four choices that we can make in this brand new year to be anchored in the gospel, to be anchored in this God who never changes. That Jesus gives to his disciples as their worlds are getting ready to be turned upside down. He gives them four choices that they can make right here. And here's the first two I want to give you, okay? Choose to be anchored in a promise. Choose to be anchored in peace. And choose to be anchored in the promise of God. His promises, what he has declared in his word, but also choose to be anchored in the peace that comes from Christ. Man, look back at verse 36 of chapter 13. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him and said, look, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Then after he says this in verse 1 of chapter 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. Here, Jesus gives this incredible promise and the peace of heaven. Man, this is the part of the words of Jesus that we actually love. That he gives both the promise and the peace that comes with heaven. Look, he says to Peter, look, you're, you can't follow me right now, but afterward you will. Man, the afterward that he's talking about right here is the death and resurrection. Where Jesus would die to pay the price for the sins of the world, but he wouldn't stay there. He will bodily raise from the dead, conquering sin and death and the grave, taking the keys away from death, providing a way for us to get to the Heavenly Father by, pray, by paying for the price of our sins. Church, this is a substitutionary atonement right here that Jesus took our place and he conquered sin and death and the grave. 
And what he's telling Peter here is that after this happens, yes, it is going to come to a point where you will get to be exactly where I am. After your life on earth here, Peter, is over Jesus saying, look, I promise that I'm going to take you to be with me. He says, I will take you to be with me. But of course, that promise wasn't just for Peter and the disciples that were around him. It was for any follower of Jesus that would come. And Jesus emphasizes the promise here. In fact, look back at chapter 14, verse 2. And church, remember, look, anytime the Bible repeats something, it kind of layers something, it's for emphasis. It's like it's saying, look, don't miss this. This is so important. This is something that God promises. This is something that brings peace to the believer in every season. So Jesus kind of repeats himself, and it sounds like he's just going back and forth, but he's saying, look, my followers, my disciples, don't miss this. He says, look, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And then he says it again in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. And then he layers it again. He says that you, that where I am, you may be also. Again, the disciples' world is about to be shattered, turned upside down. Anxiety and worry and fear and confusion and even shame was about to come their way. And Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. And that's the promise of his peace. And he says, I will take you to be with me in heaven. Man, that's the promise that he is going to take us to be with him, that we do have this incredible promise of heaven. If you are a Jesus follower today, the same promise and peace of heaven is an anchor for us today. If you've trusted in Jesus, he is preparing a place for you. If you've trusted in Jesus, he will take you to be with him one day. And for the believer, that should bring great comfort and peace in every single season. You know, the old preachers used to say, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And I think there's some truth in that, right? Like we, should, we shouldn't be so focused on heaven right now that we forget that right now while we're here on earth, man, there's some things that God wants to do in us and through us. That he's completing this sanctifying work in us. That he wants to use us to reach someone else. Man, he wants us to show us more about who he is. Man, he wants to help us to overcome some things right now while we're still here on earth. The old preachers would say, don't be so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. But I say, don't be so earthly minded that you forget just how good heaven's going to be. Church, can I remind you how good heaven's going to be? Look what John would record in Revelation chapter 21. Starting at verse 1. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And in verse 27, verse 27 he says, But nothing unclean will ever enter into it. 
nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? This is what awaits for those who know him and who follow him. This is the incredible promise and the peace that comes with heaven. This is the part of Jesus' words that we love. But Jesus, as he's talking with his disciples, he also gives in this sermon, this discourse that he's given right before he's getting ready to go to the cross that he wants them to hold on to and cling to. There's also a promise here that we don't like that he gives. That is the promise and the peace that comes in suffering. This is the part that we don't love. Again, look back at what Jesus says to Peter in verse 36. Look, Peter said, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him and said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? He says, I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you? Could you... Church, could you imagine? You're talking with Jesus. says, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm going to do whatever you want. And Jesus is like, will you? Will you actually do it? And what Jesus is actually warning Peter here, that he's about to make a choice that's going to bring great shame to him. He says, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. But then he looks to Peter and all the disciples, and he says, let not your hearts, it's, it's plural, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is reminding them of this promise and this peace that comes with heaven, but he's also pointing to the coming that suffering will happen. So some of it is going to be because of the choices that Peter himself, he's going to make. But he also looks at all of the disciples and says, Lord, there's going to be some things that are going to happen completely out of your control. So some of the suffering that we experience is because of the own choices that we make, but some of the suffering that we experience is completely outside of our control. Look, there's a promise here because Jesus is telling them that suffering is going to happen. In fact, he said in heaven, there's no sin, no suffering. But while we're still here on earth, there still is sin. There still is suffering. Again, sometimes that suffering will be completely outside of our control. Sometimes it's going to be because of the choices that we make. After Peter made the choice to deny Christ, Jesus would actually go and find Peter because this choice to deny Christ brought great anguish and even suffering and shame to him. But Jesus would find him and restore him. But look what Jesus promises Peter in John chapter 21 and verse 18. Jesus said to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And in verse 19, listen to this promise that Jesus gives Peter. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. You know, church tradition actually holds that Peter was persecuted and even put to death in the same way as Jesus was. Except he didn't want to be crucified in the same way as Christ, so he asked to be crucified upside down. And Jesus here has given him this promise that you are going to suffer, Peter. 
In fact, in this case, his suffering would even lead to his death. But then he says this. He said, despite all of that, follow me. And there's a peace that comes that even when we're suffering, when we're facing persecution, when we're facing tension, Jesus still says, follow me. And whatever it is you're going through, he's saying, look, you follow me because I'm going to lead you through whatever it is you're going through. You know, later on in John chapter 14, he would say this to his disciples. He says, look, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. Then he gives this promise, right? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. My peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And he says it again. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. He would say in John chapter 16, verse 33, you say, look, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. Church, that word tribulation right there in the original language, it means affliction, It means oppression, and it means distressed. Happy New Year, by the way. Jesus said, not maybe you'll have tribulation. Not even every once in a while. He promises that you will have tribulation. Then he also promises this. He says, take heart. That's his peace again. He says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Pastor Jonathan Evans, look, he says that your greatest misery might be the gateway to your greatest ministry. Look, church, in this world, you will have tribulation, but you can still, be choo- you can still choose to be anchored in the promise and the peace of heaven. Look, we do overcome in Christ. In this world, you will have tribulation, but you can still choose to be anchored in the promise that Jesus warned us that it is going to come. But the good shepherd still says, follow me. The good shepherd still says, whatever it is you're going through, he is going to lead you through. Hold on in that tribulation to the one who never changes because he will not bend or break. This anchor holds, but will you choose to hold on to it? Well, he also gives us another choice here. Choice number three, okay? I want to challenge you to choose to be anchored in the person of Christ. Choose to be anchored in the person of Christ. Look, Thomas said to him, Lord, in verse 5 of chapter 14, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in verse 7, he says, look, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to them, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. You know, sometimes both Philip and also Thomas, they get a bad rap here for having doubts in Jesus. In fact, if you've ever heard, if you've ever been either called a doubting Thomas or have heard the phrase before, doubting Thomas, it comes right here from this passage. Because Jesus said, look, you know where I'm going. And Thomas like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm not sure where you're going. We're not even sure what you're saying. What are you even talking about? And he has his doubts about who Jesus is even in this moment. 
You know, Thomas has his doubts, but he was anchored in the person of Christ. Church, sometimes, if I'm being honest with you, on this very first Sunday of the brand new year, sometimes I still have my doubts. Sometimes I look at the way the, look at the, way the world is. I see the wars happening in the world. Man, I feel the tension from the government. I hear about the mass shootings that happen as well. And sometimes I see like things being broken down in my own life. And sometimes I have my doubts. God, do you even care? God, do you not see what's happening in the world? God, do you even have the power to still make a difference? Yes, in the world, but even in my own life in this moment, church, sometimes I still have my doubts. Sometimes I still even wonder, look, it's been 24 24 years now since I repented of my sin and believed in the gospel. That I believed that this Jesus who is God died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, that he bodily rose from the dead and he made a way, yes, for us to gain heaven. There's this incredible promise of heaven, but even right now I can live my life to the full through Christ. It's been 24 years since I repented and believed and received the good news of who Jesus is. But sometimes I still have my doubts, like, was that moment real? Is it actually making a difference? Is there really this promise of heaven that Jesus talks about? Sometimes I still think, what if it's not true? But then I remember, what if it is? I know I often challenge you to do this. But would you doubt your doubts? Would you trust the Savior? Look, in every single season, Jesus said, look, in the middle of Thomas's doubts, as he says, look, I don't know where you're going. I'm not even sure what you're doing. Like, I'm not even sure who you are in this moment. Jesus points to him and said, look, would you know that I am the way, the truth, and the life? So in this year, in 2024, man, would you realize that reality is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ? Look, God is either who he says he is or he isn't. And today you may even be thinking, man, what change may come this year? Is it my job? Is it my relationship status? And is it my housing or my health? What about what's going to happen in Washington this year? Can God still actually make a difference in this world? How will I know which way to go? And if the change comes, man, is God even with me? Does he see me? Does he still love me? Does he care about me? Man, would you doubt your doubts and would you anchor your heart, your mind, and your life in the person of Christ? He still is the way. He still is the truth. He still is the life. Man, church, choose to be anchored in the promises of God. Choose to be anchored in the peace of God. Choose to be anchored in the person of Christ who never changes in any season. There's one more choice I want to give you to start off this year. Would you choose to be anchored in a principle? You know, this is Jesus' farewell discourse, his farewell sermon, the longest recorded sermon, or the, I, I can't remember the, if the Sermon on the Mount's a little bit longer, but one of the longest recorded words, teachings of Jesus in the entire Bible. And as he's getting ready to give them, as their world's going to be turned upside down, as they're getting ready to experience some great burdens, great fear, and worry, and anxiety, and even some shame. But also as they're getting ready to experience some great blessings. And the, the Holy Spirit is going to come. 
He's going to indwell them. The church is going to begin. And they're going to have this great, incredible community of believers around them. God is going to keep his promises. So they're going to get ready to experience both great blessing and also great burdens. Jesus starts off this farewell discourse with a principle, with a command that all of his disciples are to follow. But they missed it. And I want to see if we've missed it. Or maybe even you didn't even see it here. Did you see it when we read it a little bit earlier? Did you see it? No, maybe. Let's look at it again, okay? John chapter 13, and look at verse 33 again. Jesus, Jesus said, little children, okay, which is not an insult, right? It's, it's a term of endearment. Um, think of them as like little Christians, little Jesus followers. They're growing. So he's saying like little children, a term of endearment and love toward his disciples. He says, yet a little while I'm with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you also, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered and said, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But you will follow me afterward. Did you see the principle? Or did you miss it like Peter did? Look back at verse 34. Here it is right here. As clear as day. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. That if you love one another, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if... If Coastal Church right here in Chesapeake, come on, if you're watching online, if you have love for one another. And then Simon Peter completely blows past and he says, he says, where are you going? He completely misses this incredible principle and command that God gives his disciples that was to be an anchor for them in every single season. He gives them this principle that they will love one another. Church, if everything changes around you this year, you're to love one another. If you go to the eye doctor and they say you need bifocals this year, you're to love one another. You know, one of our core values here at this church, we have these core values called voila, which we are watchful. We watch the gospel, okay? We protect the gospel. We champion what the Bible has said. We also want to be accountable. Everyone who is a member of this church, everyone who's on staff of this church is accountable to somebody. We are all accountable to one another. And we are also called to love. We choose to do the most loving thing. And we are also called to be authentic. We're developing authentic followers of Jesus Christ. Voila, that's who we are as a church. But one of those values that we uphold and we try to follow in every moment and every season is the one that's love. It simply means that we choose to do the most loving thing whenever the option or there's tension out there, we choose to do the most loving thing. Even if it doesn't make sense, we want to choose to do the most loving thing above any type of possessions, above any type of places or buildings. We want to choose to actually love people in the way that Jesus has called us to. In his love for us, man, God does not bend or break. In his love for us, God does not slip or lose his grip. And what if in 2024, we were actually anchored in this principle 
that we will love one another in the same way that Christ has loved us. Look, as our worship team comes back to the stage, church, what if we were actually anchored in these incredible choices that Jesus gives his disciples right before their world was getting ready to be turned upside down? In a world where they're getting ready to experience a great burden, where it brought some worry and fear and anxiety and even confusion, but also where they're getting ready to experience the great blessing of the Holy Spirit coming to lead them and to guide them. And then God will build his church and the gates of hell could not stand against it. They were getting ready to experience some great blessings and also some great burdens. What if we were anchored because we knew that we could still make a choice no matter what it is that came across our way? And let us, let us be anchored in the promise of Jesus that he gives about heaven that brings peace. Let us choose to be anchored in the person that is Jesus. That he says that even though we are going to suffer, man, we're not going to release this anchor. We're going to hold on to it. Even if we are suffering in every season, we're going to hold on to this anchor because it does not bend. It does not break. It does not change. Let us choose to be anchored in the person of Jesus because God is either who he says he is or he isn't. What if we actually chose to be anchored? and the promise, and this principle to love one another. I want to give you some thoughts to take home this week, to anchor your thoughts this week. And I want you to remember this a couple of things, okay? First of all, God is working, and that there is purpose in the pain. You know, Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, My peace I give to you. The Holy Spirit is going to come. Look, church, the Holy Spirit is with you, even in the pain. And he does not take away his peace. He wants to give you this peace, even if there is pain. And look, he is working even right now. When he told this to his disciples, man, they didn't know everything that was about to happen. They didn't fully understand it, but of course God did, and he was still working to bring bring about their salvation, to bring about their peace. Remember this, Christ is with you, and he is leading you through. Man, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And again, church, no matter what's going to come across your way this year, I'm telling you, you're going to experience great change, great blessing, but also great burden. But whether it's burden or whether it's blessing, the good shepherd is going to lead you through. So would you anchor your thoughts in the fact that Christ is with you? And whatever it is you're going through, he is going to lead you through. But also would you choose to do the most loving thing. The most loving thing is still the best thing in every single moment. Again, whether it's burden or blessing, would you choose to do the most loving thing? Would you actually love one another in the same way that Jesus loves you? Again, through it all, his love for us does not bend. It does not break. It does not slip. It does not lose its grip. Will you hold on to the love of God and would you actually love one another in the same way that he's called us to? And then there's one more I want to give you, okay? I want you to pray about stepping into this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we talked about a little bit earlier. Man, I really want to challenge you that we would start off this year, 2024, by leaning into prayer and fasting. Again, it's simply removing something from your life. And there's all sorts of examples you can look at in that prayer and fasting guide. And you would take the next 21 days And you will commit it to say, God, I am going to be anchored in you. I'm going to be anchored in your promise, your peace, the person of Christ, 
And this principle of actually loving one another that brings unity, it brings harmony, it even brings peace with God. Church, what if this year, no matter what comes our way, we hold on to the anchor that does not bend or slip or break? Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, I thank you for how good it is in every single season. And Lord, I pray that this year we would be anchored, rooted, grounded in the one who never changes. God, I pray that this year, Lord, we would know that our anchor holds, but it's not our anchor, Lord, it's you. Lord, you do not bend, you do not break, you do not change. And God, even though we do, God, sometimes we bend, God, sometimes we break, Lord, sometimes we slip. God, I pray that we would hold on to you. And church, while you still have your heads down and your eyes closed, okay, I just want you to take a moment. I want you to think about your year. You know, I titled this message, Anchored in 2024, but it should have been titled, Anchored Through 2024. Because God's going to bring us all the way through this year. God's going to bring us through however much time he has for us here on this earth. But he's also going to bring us through to eternity with him. That is his promise, that is his peace that he brings. I want you just to imagine with me this year, okay? It's an election year. Your person wins or they lose Are you gonna choose to be anchored in the promise and the peace and the person of Christ and this principle to love one another? We don't know what's gonna happen with the economy. Let's say for you, it's a great year of blessing with the economy. Let's say it's a great year of burden. Are you going to choose to be anchored in this promise of peace, the person of Christ, and this principle to love one another? Come on, in your blessings and your burdens, whether there's great gain or whether there's great loss, are you going to choose to be anchored in the promise and the peace, the person of Christ, and this principle to love one another? It's 2024. You have a choice. Will you choose to be anchored to the one who does not bend, does not slip, does not break? We love you, God. We thank you for who you are. God, we need a constant. Thank thank you, Lord, that that constant is you. God, I pray even right now for the person who's already unsure about this year, God, I pray that you would bring in your promise of peace. God, heaven is guaranteed if they are in you. But Lord, even right now, Lord, the good shepherd is going to lead them through. We will have tribulation, but you have overcome the world. God, I pray for the person right now, Lord, they went walking into 2024 and it's been the best season already for them. God, I pray even in their great blessings, God, they would be anchored in the promises and the peace of Christ and they would worship you and praise you and look towards you, God. And they would love one another in the same way that you have poured out your blessings and your love on them. God, I pray they would show that to somebody else. Lord, no matter what comes our way, and we choose to be anchored in you. We love you, God. In Christ's name, amen.